in Acts 1.8. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem through Judea and the distant provinces, even to the remote places of the earth. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you've made a place for us this morning. God, we love you and we love to be gathered together. So Father, we just ask that you'd remove any distractions this morning and that you would speak clearly to your sons and daughters this morning. We wanna hear your voice. And God, it's always my prayer that we would leave here different as a result of meeting here with you together. God, we pray it in your mighty name. Amen and amen. You can be seated, thank you. So we're living in a real estate boom right now. And I don't know about your neighborhood, but where we live out in Box Elder, there's new apartments and housing kind of going up everywhere and at an alarming rate, it's going up fast. And, and even with that, you know, if you're looking for a place, it's not easy to find. Um, pastors uh, Ethan and Rachel could tell you that from experience, they just moved into town. And, and so they made a lot of phone calls and they did a lot of searching online and builders are busy, Roofers are busy, the road construction people are busy. It's that time and that season, right? Everybody's trying to beat the winter weather that's coming right around the corner and it's not too far. So, and this is the way that life works, right? Wherever there's a construction site, um, what they like to do is they put this fence up a lot of times and then they'll put a scrim on the fence and they tell you that something wonderful is coming, right? They tell you that there's something coming around the corner like it's gonna be new, and exciting and beautiful and amazing and you're gonna wanna work here or you're gonna wanna shop here or live here or hang out here. Why did they put that on the fence? Because you woke up to a jackhammer again for the second month in a row and one lane of, uh, of traffic has been closed for three weeks and there's this noise and this congestion everywhere. So the image is the vision of what we're gonna be going towards and the message and the image is usually the same. And what they're saying is, we're making a place for you. We're preparing a place for you. All, all the new apartments and the condos going up around town, what's the message? We're making a place for you. And so parents bringing a baby into the home for the first time, what do they do? They get that nursery ready. Why? Because the baby comes in and goes, oh, I love the pink color. This is absolutely astounding and amazing. How many options did you go through before you picked that shade of green? <laughs> um, you know, No, the, the baby doesn't know anything except that there's a sound machine and it loves that sound and someone comes in and picks her up occasionally, but the parents put all that energy into the nursery to make a place for that baby. And it's the same across the board. A restaurant opens, we're creating a place. Uh, and, and where does that idea come from? Where does the idea of placemaking come from? Well, I think it comes from the original placemaker. And the original placemaker is God himself. And when, when God moves into the story, guess what he's doing? He's making a place. I don't know if you've ever really thought of it like that before, but in the very first line of scripture, notice what it says about God. It says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, everybody probably knows it by heart. In the beginning, God did what? He created the heavens 
and the earth. Verse one, chapter, chapter one in scripture, the story of God. Hello, welcome to me, right? Here's who I am. I'm a placemaker. The first thing that you're gonna see me do is make a universe and then I'm gonna make something big and something grand. And so we, we spend some time taking a trip around the sun at the beginning of this year, if you were around. And, and I know some of us don't care much about you know, what's happening in outer space, but you know we're paying for everything that's happening up there. So we should maybe at least be a little bit interested in what's going on in outer space. We ask God to teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Anybody remember that? And so I love the possibility of going further and talking about the above and beyond in the universe. In February of this year, if you'll remember, the Perseverance rover took um, Ingenuity, the, the, the copter along with it, which successfully completed the first flight on Mars. And they are now attempting this expansive exploration of the planet. And, you know, we kind of predicted when we were doing the series, you know, that it w- what it would find would, was going to blow our minds. And so this picture that we're going to put up on the screen here was the first um, HD color picture sent back to the planet Earth from Perseverance. And it might not look like much to you, but scientists are going ape wild with all that, are, that they're learning from these explorations. And this picture that we've, all the pictures that we've been seeing coming from up there take us right Right back to verse one of the story of God, where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not, not so much a place for just you and me to hang out, but a place that would display his glory, his power, his majesty and splendor to every single person that he put on planet Earth. So he, he gave us the mind and the ingenuity and the, the resources to go up and put perseverance up there to see what he has done and what he has done is he has made a place and so maybe you're like well I don't even know what you're talking about and you know why would I want to be interested in that and why would I care uh, about that place well part of the reason that uh, is because that place tells you how great God is and the universe tells us today how great our God is that he's not some small man-sized God but he's bigger than our mind's comprehension right when we talk about outer space it starts getting really big really fast but the better news comes for us when you look at the second chapter and God makes another place in verse 8 and it says the Lord God planted what He planted a garden in Eden in the east. Did you know that God was a gardener? So first he makes the universe, and then he makes an earth, and then he's on the earth and in the earth, and then he plants a garden. God planted the garden. It wasn't like, you know, hey, I need a garden. Can somebody make a garden? God, a few verses later, you know, we, it says right here, he planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And it says, there he put the man whom he had formed. A few verses later, a woman comes on the scene. So you've got a man and a woman in the story of God in a place that God himself had made for them. See, the first two major things that we see God do in scripture is making a place called the universe And I'm making a place called the Garden of Eden and I'm placing in it and inviting this man and woman who were created in my image into that place. So if you're taking notes, that's your first two blanks. He's making a place and I'm placing it in and inviting. And so God is the original placemaker and God is still 
a placemaker for every single one of us today. In fact, the songs that we even sang um, this morning about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, why did we do that? Because in the human story, there are primarily two places that you think about, and it's not where you get your dry cleaning done, and it's not you know where you get your favorite Thai food. Um, it's not the gym where you go to work out. The two main places that dominate the story of humanity in outer darkness um, is our outer darkness, place number one, and place number two, outer paradise. And so all of humanity is somewhere between those two places. And, and outer darkness and outer paradise. And, and for, for each one of us today, the rebellion in our hearts towards that, the, the great creator God, um, just the same as the original human beings that you know, were put in this amazing place that he had made for them, the rebellion that's in our hearts today has punched our ticket to outer darkness. But something amazing happened, and that's not the case. That's why we all showed up today. We all showed up today because something amazing happened in our story. And, and that happened, what happened in our story is that Jesus changed places. Jesus changed places. He left the throne of glory, a place, right? And he entered into a stable in Bethlehem, a place. And he did that so that he could make a place for you and me. He's a placemaker and make a way for you and me to move from outer darkness to paradise so that we could take the journey with him to the place that he is dreaming about spending eternity with you and with me. And so Jesus is a, a way maker and a place maker. God is a way maker and a, and a place maker. And all throughout scripture, we see it. The prophets would say, and we've, we've read these verses just recently, he makes a way where there is no way. He can make streams flow in the desert. He can make things blossom where there has been complete wipeout. He can restore um, what's been lost. He is a way maker and a place maker. I'd like to offer even more personally today, and I want you to hear this, he is your way maker, and he is your place maker. And just like he was doing on the very first day, he's doing it this day for every single one of us. Jesus taught it this, this way in John chapter 14, and we'll get to the book of Acts, I promise. But if you have your scripture today, I want you to look at this text with me, beginning in verse one. It's a text that a lot of us know well, John chapter 14. So Jesus' followers were beginning to understand that he is gonna go away and they don't like the idea. They're like, you know, wait a minute. It was, it, was, it was never this good without you and it'll never be the same once you're gone. So we don't like the idea of you leaving even though you, you, know, you said that you're gonna send a spirit and a promise and a helper. No, we, we, we don't want you to go away. And he says, no, I've got to go, and you'll see when the Holy Spirit comes. But they're perplexed, and they don't like the idea. And so Jesus is responding here to that anxiety. And um, so this is verse 1, John 14. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Some translations use something closer to the word agitated there. Let not your hearts be agitated. Don't be uneasy about what's happening. And here's why. He says, believe in God and believe also in me because in my father's house are many rooms. 
Now, I don't know if you've read John 14 before, have been around church a lot, but if you're my age and grew up in church, we know this is a fact because audio adrenaline told us this is a fact. Um, this is my father's house that is a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, a big, big table with Lots and lots of food. Yeah, this is weird because the people who are new to church is like, this is what I thought. This is a cult. I don't know why to go there. I don't know. <laughs> no, this is just an old pop rock song that we would sing back in the in lock-ins at three o'clock in the morning um, after we've had about two liters of Mountain Dew, right? <laughs> and so it's a great time to be with the Lord, by the way. And so this was a great song that we sing. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. A big, big, sing it with me if you know it, with lots and lots of food. A big, big yard where we can play. And if you're really spiritually mature, then you, at that part of the song you would yell, touchdown! <laughs> it's awesome, so there are hand motions and everything. But Jesus says, in my Father's house, are many rooms. We could probably do a whole message on that. I love that. But the idea here, in a nutshell, what he's saying is that God has an abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. So with the, with the real estate market right now, if, if you want to get an apartment in California, you better show up with gold bars, right? Not cash. If you, if you want to get that house, you better show up with a letter to the owner telling them how great you are, how great they are, how much you love their dog and their kids, and how much you're going to keep the spirit and the family of the history of the heritage that they built in that house, right? It's hard to get into this fast-moving market, and a scarcity mentality can take over all of our lives. Like even on Above and Beyond Sundays, like when we, when we take up a second offering and our tithes and offering, it's like, I can't give above because I've got that trip coming up, right? Or I can't, I've, I've got a debt to pay down that, that, that I've got to own, or I'm not sure what the circumstance is going to be around the corner. So uh, I, I'll just keep giving a little until I can see what the landscape looks like. I've got to hang on to what I've got. So this is not the mentality or the thinking of our father. In his house, it says there are many rooms, right? And so if that's true in the heavenly house, then obviously that's going to be true in the earthly reflection of that house until we get to heaven's house. I love that at Destiny, you know, we've got a youth room, we've got a children's ministry room, we've got a nursery room, we've got our office building over there with all sorts of classrooms. And, you know, why? Why is that? Because in the Father's house, there are many rooms. And so there's an abundance mentality in the mind of God. And that's what fuels above and beyond giving. Right? So what's the idea of giving to God beyond my tithe? We're praying, you know, what, what can we do above what we're normally already planning on giving this year? Why? So that Destiny Foursquare Church can go above and beyond where we normally go. And so because what we, what we give normally and what you give normally, our tithes, if you will, pays the bills. It pays, it pays the, uh, for the electricity and the production costs. It pays for, you know, where, where we could get together and, and do our gatherings and uh, connect groups and the things that happen in the life of the church. And thank goodness we pay our bills. That's a good thing. That's an awesome way to move forward as a house and the people of God. But to, but to do something that isn't on the radar that requires somebody gives above what they would normally give so that we can go beyond where we normally go.
And so I am standing in, and you are, and we all are, we're sitting in, in the beyond right here in this moment, because this is the beyond. This is the beyond. Somebody gave above, and you're sitting in the beyond of their above right now. That's what this is. And so the mindset of Jesus when he says, in my father's house are many rooms, it's not like, well, you know, I think we're going to have something available coming next fall. I'll put you on a waiting list. And then you're sitting down going, well, I, how do I negotiate and, and jockey and, and upgrade my position so that maybe I can get a place wherever God is. That's not how it works. Jesus says, no, there are many rooms in my house. If it were not so, I would have told you. This is the very next line. I would have been honest with you. I would just let you know, hey, guys, right here, you're not going to make it in. Maybe, you know, you, maybe I got you. Not sure about you, you know. <laughs> but he said, I, have told, I would have told you that if that was the case. I'm not going to lead you on. I'm not going to try to, to sell you down the river. And then he comes with this amazing promise. And he said, I am going there. Where is he going? To the house with many rooms. To what? To prepare. To prepare what? A place. He's preparing a place. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, there it is a second time. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to, here it comes a third time, to where? To the place where I am going. So maybe you've thought of Jesus as Messiah, you've thought of him as Savior, you thought of him, he's the Lord of all, he's the King of Kings, he's a miracle worker, he's the way maker, he's a friend of sinners, he is all of that. But have you ever thought of Jesus as a placemaker? Because that's what he's doing for you. And that's what he's doing for me right now. And so the, the Jewish mindset, when they heard this, it just lit up because the Middle Eastern mindset um, lit up when they heard it, this passage because they understood it in full. In our day and age, a couple meets and the guy's kind of like, you know, hey, I'm really into you, right? And, and that maybe is like nine months after they meet and he finally figures it out, right? And, and, and then he sends a message to a friend to let you know that he's into you and eventually maybe things you know, heat up and a connection happens uh, and the guy finally has that moment like I had on, on day one meeting with Deanna going, <gasps> you know, just something happens that just, <laughs> I've never felt like this before. And, 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 I'm, and, and for me, yeah, I was like, I, 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 I want to be with her, right? This is a crazy thought, by the way. And I wouldn't recommend, um, you know, on day one, vocalizing that to the other person the first week in the relationship that you want to marry them. It didn't go well for me. <laughs> but there, there'll be a moment and you'll, you're, you'll think something and feel something that you've never thought in your lifetime. And you will know that, wow, I want to marry that person. And then, you know, the guy's like, man, I'm going to need to move out of my mom and dad's house, right? And so that would never happen in the Middle Eastern mindset. In the Middle Eastern mindset, the guy probably got introduced to the girl through family connections. And they said, do you like her? 
good because y'all are getting married. I've already made a deposit and now you're gonna go and build a house and the groom would go back to the father's house maybe and, and you know, possibly in another village a couple counties over and add a room to dad's old place, uh, refurbish the old barn you know, at dad's house and make it livable and acceptable. And then when the dad had said it looks good, I approve, then the son, the groom, would go back and get the bride. That's why the bride had to keep her lamp burning because there was no texting like, hey, babe, you know, I got the place ready. You know, I got some photos of the house. It looks great. Um, You know, he just shows up one day and he says, the house is ready. Dad approved it. I'm here to get you. Let the wedding commence, right? Let's, Let's get married. So there wasn't that weird moment like when I met Deanna in the foyer of our high school for the first time and then shortly after we started dating and you know, I'm, I'm getting introduced to, to Uncle Danny who from the stories that I heard told might have been the scariest guy that I'd ever met up to that point. And you know, he's looking at me and he's seeing us fall in love and he's just like, what in the world does Deanna see in this guy, right? He's, he's, he's skinny, non-sports playing musician preacher boy that just showed up on my porch and he hasn't played one game of basketball. Um, he's a couple years younger than Deanna, and he's going to be poor all of his life, right? And he, he didn't say that, but that's kind of what's going through my mind as I see him. You know, how is this joker going to take care of my niece? But thank God, you know, the, the Prue family took a chance on me, and I'm so grateful. But, you know, all that drama didn't exist in this text because when you came to get the girl, the house was already done. The place was already ready. Where are we going to live? You know, where, where are we going to get settled? Is there a place for me? Absolutely. You're gonna not, not going to have to have one day of stress about the neighbors, about whether we can pay the rent or whether there's hot water that's going to work because I've got that all taken care of. And what Jesus is saying is here's a picture of the way this is gonna work. There's a day coming when my father is gonna say, thank you, son, for going to earth and now coming back to heaven so that you have prepared a place for you and you and you and you and you and you, all of us. And when the father saw that the place was good, and he sees that it is all taken care of and that there's a space in the house for every single person, that God is inviting into his story, which is all of us, he's gonna say to his son, the house looks great. The place looks amazing. You did a good job, son. You can go get your bride now. And Jesus is gonna appear on planet earth and he's gonna take us to that place that he's prepared for us. Watch so that where he is, we can be there with him, amen? And so we can get so excited about this idea. And there was a song, I don't know if anybody remembers this, by the second chapter of Acts in the late 70s called Mansion Builder. Yeah, all right, we got some. I've got a, I've got a mansion builder who ain't through with me yet. That's a, that's a little bit before my time, but I still remember hearing it growing up. And, and if you get caught up in that and go, man, I wonder, you know, if it's a, a, a mid-century modern or a one-story, you know, ranch, or if it's ultra-contemporary, or maybe we're moving on up to the 42nd floor, you know, <laughs> deluxe compartment in the sky. Um, you know, and then, you know, one day in my mind, I'm reading this, and, and, and my mind just kind of opened up to this text, and I'm like, well, there's... If you read through this, there's only, there's only three places in this text. We just, we just saw that. 
But there's nine me's in the text. There's nine me's. And so what, what do I mean by that? I, what I mean is, you know what that's, this is what it's saying to us today as we're reading this. It's not about bricks and mortar. That's not what we're looking forward to. It's not, thank goodness, I got a house in heaven. Although that's gonna be a blessing. It's not what we're looking forward to. Heaven is a real place, and there's, there's a real place for you in eternity with him. It, but it's not lying on pillows and you know, looking over at the angels smiling with rosy cheeks. It's gonna be an amazing and mind-blowing whatever's going on there. But it's not about the bricks and mortar. It's about the builder of the house. It's about me, he says. It's about us being where he is. And he said, I'm going to build a place, but then I'm going to come back and get you and take you to that place. Why? So that we can be together in that place. And that's what God's doing for you today. He's not just making space for you in heaven. He's offering a relationship with you starting right now and in eternal life. John 17, 3 says, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus as the son whom you have sent. Our God is a placemaker and a way maker. And as, so is, is everybody on board with that so far today? Are we good? Okay. So this series is a study in the book of Acts, and we haven't even got to the book of Acts yet. So let's go there and come in as we're landing this thing this morning. Acts chapter 2 is where we were digging around last week, but we can't leave it yet because I want us to see that the church is a place-making operation, okay? It says in chapter 2, verse 1, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in what? Can you just say it with me? In one place. I hope, I hope that, you know, when you're reading scripture now, you just go, place, 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 place. He arrived in that place. When he came to that place, the people that were gathered in that place, there's so many places. And it's not about the place, it's about the person, but there was a place for us to meet with the person, right? And so they were all together in one place. We could, we could talk about that for a minute. We don't know whose place this was. In Acts chapter 2, it was some kind of upper room. There were, there were about 120 of them after the resurrection of Jesus, a little band of followers, right? And they're in some 120-person room. Somebody provided it. Somebody said, okay. Somebody said, you can use it. Maybe they had let Jesus use it, you know, sometime before. But, you know, somebody had offered up their above and beyond so that the Spirit of God could come and invade that place where they were right? Holy Spirit invaded the place, it says in verse 2. And then he touched the people in that place. And that's what he wants to do at Destiny Foursquare Church, amen? He wants to invade this place. And he wants to touch every person in the place. So it won't be about the building that we're in today. It will be about the change that God brings in this place. And so if you fast forward to the end of this chapter, there's, there's more places. It talks about how 3,000 people got saved on that very first day. And then in verse 42, every believer was faithfully devoted to the following the teachings of the apostle. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. All the believers, how many believers? All of them. How many people joined into this? All of them. How many people were on board with what was happening? 
All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Talking about an above and beyond abundance mindset, they figured out if I'm just generous with what I have, no one in our house will ever go in need. And it's an amazing thought. It says, daily they met together. Here comes the place. In the temple courts. So that's the first place that they met together, in the church buildings, in the sanctuary, and in one another's homes. Second place to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praise to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. So, two places that we instantly see. And then, you know, we see acts unfold with the calling that we have today. That first place is, you know, the temple. They were all gathered together. A big show of strength, a big moment of worship in the sanctuary. Even though they're now touched by the Spirit, all eyes have been open to the story. They're still gathering in 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 the temple courts to worship together. But then it says they also met in one another's homes to celebrate communion, and they shared meals together. And so that's when I believe Destiny Foursquare Church works best, when we join the gatherings, you know, on the weekend and we all come through this door. This is an amazing atmosphere of faith. And, and when we're at, whether we're at a high or low point in life, it's not just about this big celebration, though. It's, it's not just about the gathering on the weekend. It's about a connect group or a, a small group gathering where we can break bread together where we can, you know, somebody knows your name and you can sit in the circle and you can pray for somebody and you can be prayed for and you can be under the teaching of God's word together and you can hang out at a park or you can go to a cookout or you can, you know, go, you know, have a host a summer block party uh, to touch your neighborhood. You can get to know people so that in the thick of life you have people rally to your aid, right? And I'll tell you stories around circles around here, they're countless, but we need more. And I believe that they're going to multiply as we grow and as we mature. And you might say, well, you know, I don't know if I want the church to grow. I mean, I like knowing who everybody is. (laughs) Some people, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. And, 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 And I get it. I get it. But when we go to two services, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if this is really church or not. What would happen to me, you know, if my parents um, divorced or if my, if my mom was diagnosed with cancer or if my friend lost their life in an accident, if I lost my job and suddenly hard times hit, I don't know everybody and I don't even know anybody. In second service, I, I wouldn't even know who to call. I don't have a number to call and I don't know who to get in touch with. If you join a connect group and join the community life at Destiny. That's why I keep talking about it like over and over and over again. You will be shocked and floored with what happens when you walk through the darkest valley of your life. You will have people who will come to the rescue to walk with you and to shoulder your load and to carry you through those dark places. Why? Because there's a place that we've created for you here that's where we're all at together this morning, but we've also created many places. We've, 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 we're also creating places where you can be in circles and you can break bread together and you can share life together and fellowship together, just like in the early days. There's two places that they were hanging out. Do you know why? Because we are in this legacy of the church. 
And so we're standing in a place-making legacy. And so as the page turns and acts, you're like, man, it wasn't just the upper room in Jerusalem. All of a sudden, it's crazy. Before you know it, there's a place made in Antioch. And after that, there's a place made in Athens. And there's a place made in Philippi. And there's a place in Colossae and in Rome and in Thessalonica and Damascus and, and, and Ephesus and all the important cities of this, of this time and in, in the, the existing world at the time. Places are being made for more and more people to experience what now has been experienced in Jerusalem by the early church. Why? Because there's two big takeaways today. Number one, Holy Spirit moves us from consumers to creators. That's how you know that Holy Spirit is in your life. A sign that Holy Spirit is in your life and when your, is when your heart changes from just a consumer heart to a creator heart. That's a miracle of God that happens. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Even these early believers needed the, the death of Stephen. Remember that? To kind of a few chapters later to scatter them out of the city. But as they went out, they realized that they were carrying the power of God with them. And everywhere they went, they made and prepared a place for more people to experience what they had experienced. So I, I love standing in this place today, and I know many of you have, have heard this story you know, of this building, and you, and you probably will as long as destiny gathers here. This is an amazing place. I love this place. But when our team first showed up at uh, 1001 East Philadelphia Street, which is where we're sitting here today, th th this was a place that was never intended to be a church. It wasn't. When, when, they, when they built this warehouse, they didn't think to themselves, boy, people are going to come and worship Jesus here. You know, people are going to sit under the teaching of the word of God. Lives are going to be changed. Some people are going to get saved in this place. Nope. They thought we're going to put up some sheet metal and lay some concrete to manufacture A-frame ceiling trusses is what they thought because that's what this place was all about. But people came and did some renovation here to turn this place into a place for you. And so the same thing has the potential to happen as we pray and dream about, you know, what's going to happen to that empty warehouse space behind our office back there. Nobody ever thought when they were laying, you know, foundation for that, that there are people who are going to step out of poverty, who are going to come to worship Jesus in that spot. But, but, but what if we made a place for the 250 to 300 people that are currently walking through the doors of Hope Center to gather right there? No one ever thought in their wildest dreams, we're going to feed the hungry here. We're going to give them a place to receive mail and, and a place to shower and charge their phone and gather one together, one-to-one uh, -one for mentoring to help them find a job and help them f get a place to live. This is going to be a place where people's lives are transformed. That wasn't the original design, but what if some creators in the house created that space for a purpose? So this facility that we're sitting in today was birthed and launched out of a broken down warehouse that nobody really had a lot of vision for. I mean, when we first came, it looked a lot different. Some of you were here, you've seen it, and, and all that was here was the metal walls and the concrete floor, and there was barbed wire fencing all around the parking lot, and there was a guard shack out front. I mean, it looked like you were driving into a prison yard, <laughs> but God grabbed our attention and let us move into it and led us to make a place so that God could touch people's lives. 
That's because the facility here is about placemaking, not so much about attending. It's not about showing up saying, I hope, we talked about this last week, I hope I get a good seat, I hope I get a good parking spot, uh, you know, I hope it works out for, to, for me to go this morning if, it, if I can work it into my schedule. That's not church. The church really, the church is us, right? Sons and daughters of God. Not just a building, not a building, but, but the word church, it gets used a lot to describe a place. And this is a place where God has invaded our lives. And our eyes are open and church, you know, and Jesus has prepared a way and a place for me. And so I want to prepare a way and a place for all of the people in Rapid City. And I want to prepare a way and I want to prepare a place. That's what I want to be with my life. That's what Jesus did for me. And that's why we have so many volunteers on so many teams here at Destiny. If placemaking is not in my mindset, that just lets me know that Holy Spirit isn't fully functioning in my heart. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> and, and because he moves me from being a consumer to a creator. That's what the above and beyond mentality is all about. The church has no choice but to keep on creating new places so that more people can be reached. Pablo Picasso said this, every act of creation is at first an act of destruction. We prove that every time we build a new place, don't we? Or even remodel, it's, it's the story of the gospel to reclaim broken places and to reclaim neighborhoods and to make a way where there wasn't a way. That's what he does, to put chairs where there weren't chairs. To, to make beauty where maybe people looked a little bit different a few hours ago so that you could experience and know that God loves you right there, that he's making a place for you. How do you know that? Because he made this place for you today and you're in it. And I think, Pastor Lyle, I just have to, all this week when I've been preparing this message, I think God's been speaking. I think, I think Holy Spirit's just leading me to pray and speak this over you. You are a placemaker. You've got, we've got confirmation all around this room. There, there, is, there is something, uh, you know, in your mind that you've come from broken places, but he wants to say to you that your foundation is firm and it is strong and that um, he's sent people around you for you to be a place maker, for you to prepare a way. How many of you know and have experienced some people coming to have a place with Jesus because of this guy right here. So I want you to hear that this morning, that you are coming from a place of a sure and firm foundation. He has created a place for you to be a place maker. I mean, everything about you with your hands and your gifts, your talents and your abilities is to make things and to, and to produce and to, to fix. So you are, I just want to declare it with you, and I've, I've already got the shouts and the acclamation of everybody in this room. You are a place maker. Amen. So that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the last big idea, we'll close with this. I think, I think the, the second big takeaway for us is that it's not enough to just to prepare the place. Somebody's got to extend the invitation, right? 
It's not enough to say, you know, it's a great church. There's some good, there's some teaching going on. You know, worship is filled with God's spirit. And I could sense, you know, God before the first song was over. And I know I'm with God and, and the team and the door holders and the atmosphere and all the things that are going on. The environment is so incredible. Our children and our, and our youth pastors are, are, are just pouring into the next generation. And they're loving the kids in the nursery this morning. And that's amazing. And the connect groups give me a place to belong. Every detail is taken care of. It's so amazing in this place. But it's not enough to just have a place unless somebody extends the invitation. So if, if, if I could just have the ushers prepare, I've got a few things that they're going to hand out this morning. Um, I've asked them to hand out a resource to each of you um, before we go. So you can go ahead and start passing those out. There's um, two things that they're going to hand to you. Um, and, and we'll keep on going. So when you plan big events, you send out invitations, Right? You've got a wedding coming up. Your, 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 your bride-to-be probably went through 300 invitation designs before she found the perfect one, right? You've got a graduation coming up. Well, you'd better go and clean up and shave and you know, get ready and put on all, get all the right outfits because you're going to take pictures and you're going to send out invitations to all the people in your family and all the people you've ever met in your 18 years of life, right? And I've just been thinking that today in this place, there is an invitation for everybody in the cities that we represent. There is a place for you and there's a place for everybody in this city today. And the invitation is in our hands today. And so God is saying, I made a place for you. I made a place for you. And we're going, yeah, it's amazing. This is great. And he's going, and I made a place for the people that live next door to you too. Would you mind taking them this invite to that place because they don't know that the place exists? And if someone at their work tomorrow says to them the word church, some, some, of, some of you know this, in their minds, what's going to be going through their minds? They're going to be thinking, you know, it's going to be a picture of cobwebs. It's going to be a picture of, you know, dull as, you know, cement hardening. It's going to be words like irrelevant, non-applicable, powerless, right? Joyless. <laughs> um, some people's experience of the church, right? Restrictive, condemning. Hope you enjoy that because we're going to be out riding on our boat on the lake, right? They don't know the life that exists in here or what they're missing. But the invitation is in our hands. And so Holy Spirit is changing us from just consumers to creators and Holy Spirit also empowers us, reminding us that the place is great, but the place doesn't matter if someone doesn't extend the invitation. So I've got an amazing story that I want to share that made me smile for a whole week after I heard it. We've, we've got a regular here um, that bring an, an out-of-state friend a couple weeks ago, and uh, they were unchurched, and they were not familiar with what happens inside a church building like this. And so the night before um, our Sunday service, she attended a connect group barbecue um, with her friends that was hosted at somebody's house where she got to know some people. And um, on Sunday morning, she came and she took her son back to, you know, Pastor Diani uh, for kids church. And when she came back, she told her friend that brought her, she said, this is the most welcoming place that I've ever been. And so her friend asked her who she talked to, and she replied, no one. <laughs> you can just feel it. <laughs> you can just feel it. Something is different here. And so God ministered to her. 
all throughout the worship and the message. And, and when they were leaving to go back to their home state, her son had his bag on his back. He said, I'm ready to move to South Dakota. And her friends were just going the whole week, check, check, you know, they're ready for them to move to Rapid City. But she left saying, you know what she left saying? She left saying, I feel like I have some new friends here. We had another visitor here a couple weeks ago coming through for a ministry conference that she was attending in the Hills. And this was her first time at Destiny. She'd just been watching online and, and listening on the live stream. Somebody had shared um, our services with her on Facebook. And she had taken the music and she had played it as she had walked around her neighborhood and um, she had shared it with her neighbors. And when she was here, just a couple weekends ago, she wrote the worship team a note that she handed to me at the back door. So if you're on the worship team, this is for you. And it reads... Dear worship team, God bless you. God used your music when I was in the Himalayan mountains in lockdown last year. God used it to change the atmosphere in my neighborhood. There were days that I kept playing it all day. Thank you for releasing that sound. Many people now know that my creator God is bigger than their biggest fears and also more powerful. Jesus is above all principalities. God bless you, Esther. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I mean, God has made a place for us to release a sound here that not only ministers here, but goes to the Himalayan mountains, making places in other countries for people to come to Jesus.